Welcome to the Nerd Party. Want to be a part of the Nerd Party community? Don't forget to like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash the nerd party and follow us on Twitter at join nerd party. You can also help us by leaving a rating and comment in Apple Podcasts to help spread time and space to other listeners. If you want to contact us, visit thenerdparty.com slash contact, click on our show logo, and leave a comment for us there. Space, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilpus. What are we talking about today, darling? All the things. All the things. All the things. <laughs> You've been pretty busy lately. I have been incredibly busy. I have. I did your show. Right. For the Greensboro Fringe, so I directed that. Mm-hmm. And then we collectively had some murder mystery shows to perform uh, last weekend, and then I'm currently in rehearsal for a show uh, that goes up at the end of this month, and I had auditions for a second show today, so. Yes, so we're doing a double feature. Yes. We're going to be reviewing Can You Hear Me and The Haunting of Villa Diodati. There you go. They premiered respectively 9 February and 16 February 2020. And we'll also be talking uh, inside the TARDIS library about the big finish production with the 8th Doctor called Living Legend. Indeed. Well, let's start with Can You Hear Me? Yep. Would you like to read the synopsis? I would love to. What connects the nightmares of a young girl from 1380 Aleppo to strange happenings in the present day? Who is the shadowy figure who appears in the night? And what have they got to do with a young woman in the far future, trapped in an impossible prison? Time catches up to the doctor's friends, whose wants and dreams are set on colliding. They must now embark on a mission that will draw out their innermost fears to be confronted. So we get another Earth story, of course. Yep. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't been watching Series 12 and not realizing that that's just what it's going to be. So, and we go back to sort of the present time for some reason, because we later find out, well, kind of find out what. Yaz wants to be back at home at a certain time in a certain place, and the doctor's a little late. But anyway, so this is kind of a, in my words, and maybe not yours because we watch this separately, mm. kind of a character episode. Kind of. Kind of. Yes. I mean, it definitely, definitely is. Mm-hmm. It raises a lot of questions. Sure. Well, let's raise those questions, too, and maybe make up some answers. So, <laughs> All right. this Shar, uh, friend of the show, uh, asked me, um, there's a Star Trek Voyager episode, um, which name it currently escapes me for the second. But, but anyway, it stars, guest stars, um, very famous Canadian comic actor whose brain um, name is leaving my head for a second. But anyway, he basically plays the embodiment of fear. 
and Janeway has to literally defeat the embodiment of fear. And so she was, Char was asking me who defeated fear better, the Doctor or Janeway. So we were comparing tales. But so this one we have more or less the Doctor having to combat the nightmare, fear, and all that. But I think, and we'll get to that. But I think what's more interesting, at least for mm-hmm. me, was the different companions um, who, once they get back to Earth and get sucked into this nightmare whatever you want to call it, we get to learn a little bit more about their fears. Um, I suppose it's sort of a cheap way to learn about a character is to address their fears, but that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So in no particular order, uh, we get Graham uh-huh. and uh, his fear of cancer, which is certainly understandable. Yes, he has been in remission. He has gotten the all clear for quite some time now, but of course that experience always stays with you. And and so, yes, that his fear is that the cancer will return. It was interesting to see grace an attempt. Well, yes, (laughs) but I was going to say, uh, we kind of get everyone's flavor of their lives, that their lives such as they are, because they sort of also make the commentary that, you know, these people have to explain why they keep getting disappearing and leaving and have been gone. But anyway, but we get kind of this picture of what their lives are like outside of the TARDIS and outside of the fellow companions. Um, You know, Graham has his poker game or whatever he has, which I thought was interesting, sort of his old man club. But now it seems we are getting the Graham and Glasses look. That's becoming more permanent. That started the episode in Praxis. I think it was the first time we saw him with the glasses. Okay. But uh, now he's he's doing the, which, you know, for for an old man, he looks, he looks, but I think he should keep the glasses. It looks him. It's a good look for him. Makes him look dignified. Yeah, or something. Makes him look like a, a gentleman, older gentleman. Um, but yeah, but I like, one thing I like about how Graham is written, and this is like later in the episode, well, maybe even midway, when he's talking about this fear with the doctor, you know, and he's really explained, because I, I, with talking about other shows and other podcasts I do, sometimes I see characters act, to me, illogically. Now I know, as a writing tool, that can be quote unquote helpful because then that creates conflict. You know, this character is acting bad or villainy or whatever. Then that's the. But I mean, like, well, that doesn't make sense what they're doing though. But this here, Graham's like, you know, you know, I've been checked out. You know, it's it's everything's great, but it's still always there. Yes. And so, like, he's sort of like logically, he knows he's fine, and he is fine, but. And so, but in his fear, of course, Grace returns as his uh, previous nurse or PA or whatever she was, and, uh, you know, five minutes to live or something. Yes, yeah. Yeah, doesn't know him, first of all, and then five minutes to live, yeah. A few minutes is what she says, I believe. And I do think it's interesting how his buddies ask him about, you know, which I don't know in real life how you, when you, you, I don't know how long it's been. I don't know how long can you keep asking. Yeah. By the way, how are you doing it with your dead wife? But, you know, he, he still says the traveling and with the doctors, obviously, helping him. There's enough to think about it, I guess. So, But anyway, anything else about Graham? Yeah, the, uh, this one, this particular snippet, and to, to an extent they all do, felt a little disjointed. Mm-hmm. It's like... Chibnall, and I don't know if Chibnall actually wrote he this co-wrote. one. He co-wrote. Which I've noticed, I don't know what to take, but Chibnall keeps taking a lot of co-writing credit, and I don't know. Nah. <laughs> so anyway. But it sort of feels like Chibnall read on Twitter that fans are sad that we don't get any history on characters, on our companions, and so he's like, plop, 
<laughs> Off yeah. you go. Now, one thing, and I don't know if I'm allowed to t- do two episodes at the same time, but in Can You Hear Me, Graham is the one who gets the vision of who we find out to be the Eternal, but basically the vision of the woman in the prison, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But it's interesting that he's the only one that gets it. And then in this episode, which he's I, the only one who we just watched The, the Haunting, uh, he's the only one who sees the ghost. Ah, interesting. So, Graham seems to be getting the one who has the most sympathetic or telepathic or empathetic or I don't know. Yeah. So, like, Yaz gets captured and transported. Graham gets visions. Yep. I'm, I'm not sure. Those are the things. Ryan doesn't necessarily have a real thing yet. He has a flirt. Yeah, that's he, true. He gets his flirt Awkward on. flirt. Awkward flirt yeah. on. Yeah. And they all end up being bad. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, Yaz. Yep. So, this... Is the most disjointed one, in my opinion. And theoretically is the most prominent of the three companion fears. So, because it's the reason we're there, and we get the most flashy Mm -hmm. backy. But anyway, talk to me about Yaz's life-changing event and the fear and something that I don't know. Right, so there was a death, and that is what she and her sister are remembering. Um, It is unclear... Whether it's a friend or a sister, because it felt a little like that, like an older sister kind of thing. But that is not made clear. And then we also get Yaz's flashback to a few years before, three years before, I think, when she had run away and was feeling very, very blue uh, presumably around the death of this other girl. But again, that's not made clear. Was, sorry, and this is going to sound so racist, and it probably is. Was that her sister that she was seeing, or was that another person that she was seeing in the road? Not the police officer. No, Stacey. it was the, I think it was the dead girl. See, that was good. Sonia? I, I don't know. I feel like they say it. Okay. I uh, was confused, too, because I was like... Yeah, I mean, I was, was it a friend? Was it a sister? And I thought something had happened, that there was going to be some traumatic scene with the PC there. And then it was just like, then it's revealed, oh, no, Jazz is just on the road talking to a PC. I'm like, well, that's okay. And again, that it ties in a little bit to Ryan's mental health. It gets uh. better. It also gives us perhaps a little insight into why Yaz chooses to go yeah. into police work. And I thought that was an interesting thing. Yeah, I did too. Again, I really liked the pieces of this. Needed more. It just didn't come together for me completely. I liked the fact that then she goes to the police officer and is like, here's my, you know, you're 50p, 50p, you were right. Uh, it did get better. But even that, we just get a glimpse of. You know, we don't get to see Yaz tell this policewoman that now she's a police yeah, You that, know, that there's no, like, yeah. there's so many blank pieces still. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we'll get anything this season. Yeah. To tie this stuff up. The, uh, and I feel like that, I think that's my, that all of, again, it feels like Chibnall heard through the grapevine that we wanted more information about the characters, and so he's just dropped all this on us, where he, there could have been hints, you know, when, yeah, if, if it's a sister, and again, that's not clear, but when Yaz's family gets together last season, 
Mm-hmm. You know, there could have been mention of it. There, there are places where these things could have been dropped in. Um, and same thing as we're about to come to uh, for Ryan mm-hmm. um, and his friend. You know, all of a sudden we were meeting this guy that might have been at the basketball game. I was about to say. Um, Ryan have, has friends, darling. I mean, yeah, Ryan's I'd have friends. to go back and look. But yeah. this is, you know, for all intents and purposes, this is the first time we're seeing this guy. His best mate. And we, his best mate, quote unquote, and we're discovering that. Was he at the funeral? Yeah, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> and we're discovering that he is having some depression issues. And I, it's hard to care. Well, yeah, and it's also, and again, I mean, look, I was going to say, you know, what happened? You could just have depression. Obviously, you don't need to necessarily have a reason. And so, but I, you know, it's unclear. Is it depression? Is it. An event-based trauma, you know, what is it? Yeah. Because I'm trying to remember, I mean, I just watched it yesterday, you think I'd remember. Oh, well, he's talking about, uh, with his group at the end there, which also confused me, because it was like in someone's house, you just have... Yeah, I I, I don't know. It felt almost like it was in a dorm room. That was weird, but whatever. Maybe Maybe the group uh, therapy is cushy, because then who was in charge? Or is it just a group that meets? It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, I suppose. But anyway, well, clinically it matters, but anyway... um, (laughs) But, you know, he's like, oh, I, I was, I'm trying to even remember this, like, I remember something about, like, oh, he wanted, wanted some social contact, and he went to the, you know, shop. Grocery and, store, And yeah. it was an automatic, and they couldn't even have social, but, like, I don't know. I still, and again, maybe you don't need to know, but it would have been something substantive of, like, what is going on with him? Because now that I care about this character. Yeah, exactly. And again, we could have, we could have seen him in various places and mm-hmm. popping up whenever, over the last two years, whenever Ryan's back on Earth, we we don't have any sort of backstory. So then when all of this is dumped on us, we don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with it, right. necessarily. Are we going to find out more? I don't know. Probably not. Or is this just done? Was this just, hey, mental health is important? And it is. Don't get me wrong. This is not me saying it is not important. But, you know, okay, we've done our mental health episode. Off we pop. And then... I didn't get this part at all, but maybe you did. And and I guess if you had asked me, what's the big issue with this episode? I would have not gotten mental health, but just re- now that I sat down and read like the TARDIS.wikia, I'm like, oh, this wasn't a, I, it was lost on me, people. I'm so I, I mean, you know, now that I think about it and everyone, obviously, especially, well, I mean, I would have gotten, which we'll talk about at the end, is that at the end, it did feel like it was very, not depressing or somber, but like the music and the event sort of made this a very, I don't know what's the right word, down episode. Well, I mean, I just it was not a happy episode. So whatever the opposite mm. of happy, I um, mean, you know, but not sadness. But at the end, it's like everyone needed to talk to someone about what they experienced, and we can talk about how that worked out. But we have Tahira, if I'm saying that name correctly, from Aleppo, because I guess now every episode we have to have our historical guest star. So that was a mental hospital, apparently. I did not get that at all. I had to read the TARDIS.wiki entry. Okay, I did not get that either. I didn't either. I got that it was a hospital. Because apparently she had, you know, some mental issues. So she was a patient. Because I got hospital. Right. And I got, but I didn't get mental hospital. Yeah, I I got hospital too. I did not get mental hospital. I also didn't get that she was a patient. Yeah. So, but anyway, so apparently she was having issues and that's 
Yeah. I didn't get that. Okay. Maybe maybe the rest of y'all listening to this did, but I did not. No, so, I didn't get that bit either. So, But she seemed nice enough, um, even, even though she's yeah. creating monsters in her head. Which then come to life, which is not cool. Um, I mean, I, and I don't know nothing or very little about Syria, but seeing what, I don't even know what you call that thing. The 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 Aleppo, um, how it's you know on the whatever you call, I don't even know what to call that, the city on a rock. I don't know what you call that, but anyway, it's very interesting to see. Um, and then we get the bad guys, the Eternals or the Guardians or whatever you want to call them, the Immortals. Um, what you think about Fingerless McGee and yeah, Bad Girl? Not even a little bit of caring. Well, it was it was bad guy was or the Fingerless McGee was scary. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely was, and and. It was, you know, I'm a god, and it moved to the story where it needed to go. Done. Mm-hmm. Wash my hands of it. There is, as I mansplained this part, there is a, some classic illusions. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember him talking about the toy maker. I, when he said that, I wondered. The I Celestial like, toy maker is a, oh gosh, I know, everyone can yell at me. I'm probably going to get this wrong. I think it's a first doctor episode, or first doctor but anyway, uh, and so there's the if you but you remember um, from the fourth Doctor's the Key of Time series that was the person who gave him that mission was the White Guardian and then it's the Black Guardian okay for the bag but they're both the like Eternals and Guardians and all that so anyway. but anyway so um, I thought it was it, the uh, animation was interesting yeah it, it probably works better when you're not watching commercials but cause it's hard to know that oh i'm watching dr who i know uh, i totally i fast forwarded <laughs> past the commercials and then was like oh no that's part of the show back yeah. up back it up people but that they're sort of the troublemakers of the galaxy mm. yeah i think the as i told Shar texted her it's kind of a tricky dicky ending um it was sort of like uh, magic orb, uh, bad guy, boom! Now you guys are in the magic orb, and the the monsters. Yeah, I'm like, I, okay, that's okay, done. I guess tick. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Deus ex machina. I guess Deus ex sphere monstera. Yeah. So don't throw it in the air. Yeah, <laughs> not doing that again. Yeah. Um, I it reminded me of one of my favorite funny lines from this episode because. Uh, Graham delivers it so great about like uh, Bradley Walsh. Brad, Bradley Walsh, and, you know, doctor's like, can, can you recognize the planet? He's like, yeah, give me A to Z of the. No, no, not- <laughs> 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 yep. And I immediately thought, do I need to explain the A to Z to Philip? No, right he knows there, that. Right yeah, there. we've got one. I do have to say, for all of that, the doctor was quite delightful in this. Mm-hmm. Really quite delightful, I thought. Um, I loved the fact that she was wandering around explaining things, and then she was like, I'm on my own. <laughs> All right, we'll split up. You guys go, I'm on me." <laughs> that was that was some lovely stuff, I thought. I, I feel like, particularly with this episode and then the next one that we're going to talk about, mm. her character is really starting to solidify, and I like it. I liked her too. Now I, w- I want to talk about the ending here, unless you have any other thoughts um, no. about who gets to talk to who. Uh, so Yas talks to her sister, and as much as she does, mm-hmm. um, and I can't remember anything earth shattering. Yeah, yet. and presumably she also talks to the policewoman. That's true, but but so Yas has you know outside of her Tardis fam has outlets, even though she you know her sister is annoying, but her sister cooks now, so that's good. Yeah, so um, they're all growing up without her. And she has her family, so even though they drive her nuts, she is a very family person. Ryan has his best mate, 
who he uh, you know encourages to bribes. talk to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, and so then you get sort of a secondary. He gets to have someone to talk to. Graham, which I think is the old man of the group, and I don't know whether he feels comfortable talking with his friends or just because it's all the weird stuff. He has to go talk to the doctor, but he's kind of like you know. I thought you know you would understand this or whatever and of course the doctor this is i don't know if you're (laughs) it's like i'm going to awkwardly go look at this screen now and then later i'm gonna think of something supportive i should have said no i don't know if you there's a you know as much as anything can be a controversy that's been a controversial scene people thought that she was being uh not good to graham i not you know caring yeah, and I didn't get that at all. I took her at her word that she's socially awkward. Yeah. She reminded me, in this episode, she reminded me of Eleven a lot. She seemed to be in touch with her Matt Smith in this episode. Yes, yeah. And yeah, I didn't, I, I'm sad that there wasn't some sort of resolution to it. Like, it would have been fantastic if she had done that. I'm just going to go here and stand here awkwardly in front of this screen, and I'm really socially awkward, and then... And then have a moment, and then maybe go, oh, oh, I know what to say, you know, and and mm-hmm. give him some pat, pat, pat. <laughs> but being married to someone who does not always know exactly the best <laughs> way to yeah. comfort. And it's a very British thing, you know, I'll put the kettle on, mm-hmm. uh, which is what you do. We practice. That's right comfort so that when when i need it i can be like okay remember what we practiced darling and i think it's one of those things you could talk about with the doctor because you know here two four uh, the 13 is obviously the most well i don't know the most but one of the most compassionate doctors there are um you know incarnations you know very tardis fam you know all that stuff but i think this moment does recognize that she is still the doctor you know, you know, I mean, there's times when, uh, you know, eight was there for Ace and, you know, we could go down the list and then 10 was there for his people. But anyway, but still. Seven was there for Ace. Yes. Sorry. Seven, yeah, seven was there for Ace. <laughs> I got to correct you on a Doctor <laughs> Who reference. High five, baby. Woo! I, was thinking, I don't want to say six. Or All right. That was me high five myself because <laughs> you were not there for me, baby. Remember, we've talked about this. We've practiced. Still, it's the time, Lord, that we know as a doctor who's not always there. Well, and I think that we, again, you know, not to mm-hmm. jump straight into the next one, sure. but we see it there, too, mm-hmm. when she was like, you know how I talk about it's all flat. it's all flat and even, it's not, it's a mountain and I'm at the top of it. And well, uh, It's funny because now having said that she was 11 in this episode, in that episode, in The Haunting of the Villa, she might be a little 12 so yeah. A little bit of look, you know. Yeah. There are decisions that I have to make. I'm the yeah. time lord. Yeah. You know, you're the pudding brain. And also, we're not letting one person die. Right. That's not the thing we're going to do. Right. Well, want to uh, give us the synopsis for this yes, next one? Yes, I was going to say. Let's move on. The doctor and her companions visit Mary Shelley on the fateful night in 1816 when she creates Frankenstein. But all is not as it seems. The rooms of Villa... Villa... <laughs> I, I saw the next word coming up and I was like, I don't know, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. And so then I mispronounced Villa. So, you know. Villa Diodati. Keep shifting around and ghosts are stalking the halls. And the group soon remember a familiar warning. 
Beware the lone Cyberman. Do not let it have what it wants. But why is Percy Shelley not where he should be, according to history? Bum, bum, bum. Now, I remember reading, and I probably said this before <clears throat> in another episode, that, you know, there's no American story rooms or, you know, writer rooms like mm-hmm. they have. But, they, they, you know, reading an article about how Chimnall runs it, they still have kind of like tonal things. But to me, this is two scaries in a row. Like, they're, they're very mm-hmm. somber. Maybe that was a better word I needed to figure out. The previous episode was somber. Scary, too. I mean, uh-huh. fingerless McGee. Yeah. And then this one is scary. Uh-huh. And, also fingers. Yeah. And so, I mean, it just seems like... And again, because we literally watched them, you know, one after the other. Well, yeah. ish. Ish, yeah. yeah. I, it, that didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Funny episode. Anyway. Because I feel like we're building. <laughs> right. And also, I think, to answer that question, mm-hmm. are there any funny episodes? I think the doctor is exerting quite a lot of humor in this. Yeah. Again, feels like she's finding the her doctor, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of fun to watch. I like her. Yeah, this one, because yeah, I, I did like the, the doctor frustrated. I, I felt like when she couldn't get into the room, she just like you know, like try to surprise the exit, and yeah, <laughs> jump in and jump out. Yeah. But anyway, um, uh, Mrs. Doctor, yes. I enjoyed. <laughs> um, also, Lord Byron hitting on her, and her being like, "I like your daughter." She's nice. Really smart. Well, let's talk about our guest stars here. We have yep. more than this, but we the big three, of course, are Lord Byron, Mary Shelley, and Percy Shelley. Yes. So what did you think of uh, Lord Byron? What did you think of the whole setup? This is one time where I didn't, I wasn't particularly overly stressed about the guest stars, the guest stars and the huge number of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we had the doctor and the butler and the nanny and all that. Yeah, and it was a lot, but it was like a lot of them were peripheral, mm-hmm. um, and it really was Lord Byron and Mary Shelley for yeah. the most part. Yeah. I mean, we don't see Percy until later on, mm-hmm. almost, I would say, three yeah. three quarters of the way mm-hmm. through the episode before Percy shows up. So, yeah, it didn't bother me. I liked Lord Byron a lot. I thought he was really fun. I thought I thought the actor who portrayed him just gave it enough. You know, it never felt heavy-handed. The the insatiable flirting. Mm-hmm. It it just it was light. It was it was lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watching the Doctor uh, escape flirting, which we've seen when he was a man as well, but seeing it as a female is interesting. Of course, you know, non-threatening flirting. Of course, yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah it was. Uh, what about Mary, who's the sort of theoretical lead? Theoretical lead. Yeah, she was fine. Um, no. I'll be honest, I got her and her sister mixed up at one point. It was fine. <laughs> uh, I, you know, the, to the extent that people care about such things, this doesn't mess with a little bit of Big Finish, because Mary does play the Eighth Doctor's companion for a little bit. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. It's like I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Um, maybe it's before this or after this. I don't know. I can't. I mean, I, I just know of it. Yeah. Haven't, we haven't gotten there yeah. yet. Um, yeah. I liked the bit. I liked the bit when she was talking to the Cyberman and being like, you spared my child. And, you know, at the very least, distracting him while you they Prometheus. figure the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> and you see the light bulb. It felt again a little bit deus ex machina it, uh-huh. that we didn't get hints of any of this 
really, I didn't feel like. Um, but that's okay. That's all right. I, I did, enjoyed it. Yeah, I did like, well, yeah. It, I, mean, I think I liked the previous episode better. This one was sort of like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, um, I think I liked this one better. Really? Yeah. I mean, I liked the ghost element the big, in the first half when we didn't know that it's basically Percy. Not explaining the daughter-mother or daughter-mother thing that, that uh, Graham saw. So, you know, that's left up there. Mm. And then I, the perception filter, which has come up every now and then, you know, Eleven Adam, with some of his villains. So, but to, to see them using that. You know, yeah, them. and I really loved it. And I loved the fact that the doctor, the, the physician, right. the, was walking through the walls. And that's what made them realize it when he was sleepwalking. And that's what made them realize it. that. I thought that was quite a cool little touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you think of? The lone Cyberman. Do not give him what he wants. Yeah, I didn't understand the whole thing, I'll be honest. I don't either. So, I, you know, the Cyberninium, whatever the heck they called it. Um, and as much as it is, you know. The, the Quicksilver stuff. The hard drive of the Cybermen or whatever that's been sitting in the past. That somebody took out, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And then. And is it, that who the, doc, the other doctor is? Is it like an alternative dimension? I don't know. And then, you know, why? how did Jack know about it, of course? Yeah. He's just giving prophecies now, you know? Yeah, okay. These things <laughs> I mean, happen. How would he know? Yeah. You know? Um, and then, who is the Lone Siren? Like, how did... What? Yeah. Yeah. Considering we've seen so much Cyberman evolution. Mm-hmm. But I did really like the fact that the Doctor was like, I'm not losing another person to a Cyberman. <laughs> I mean, that... Mm-hmm. I was like... Bill? Where's Bill? And uh, Yeah, no, I know Danny, but... No, I was also going to add, because uh, someone did a little mosaic, that's why I know. was thinking about this. Adric, he was in the little cyber shuttle. Uh, these things happen. Again, not a lot explained when you think about it. But, yeah. like, again, theoretically, maybe it'll explain, but maybe it won't be. So Yeah, Now, we'll the see. the uh, the ending, or at least the, the last part with, you know... It's in Percy, um, and the Cyberman wants to kill Percy to extract it, and then the Doctor does a little Time Lord trick, lets him see his death, which scares the Cyberninium or whatever it's called out of him. The Doctor gets it, gets it in her, and then the Cyberman's like, uh, give it back or I'll kill the planet, and she's like, uh, okay. But, but like the sort of the moments between, you know, Ryan saying, I'll oh, just kill Percy, and uh, all the other moments, I don't know, it... I don't know, from a writing standpoint, it's not very satisfying. No, and it's also... And I'm not saying there should be, like, oh, then the good guys win. I mean, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the no-win situation. I mean, I guess maybe that's the point of the whole two-parter at the end. Yeah, maybe. And also, you know, it's it's the difficulty of doing it with a historical figure. Because, as we all know, (laughs) Shelley's going to die fairly soon anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, why not kill him? <laughs> of what, I'm, I'm down with it. He drowns. Okay. Uh, well, because I saw, because again, without knowing, you know, the hand, I thought it was sort of reviewing or, or getting the cyberninian, I forget what it's actually called, uh, point of view of the hand grabbing in the water. Mm. And so I didn't get what the symbol is, but I guess the water. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. And you wanted to kill the baby too, right? Um, no, I think the baby dies. I. I these things happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you have the little doctor's mini speech about life, and and then giving or and, and then she's 
spends most of this episode trying to get rid of her companions because, as you said, she doesn't want to put them in danger. But mm-hmm. at the end, they're all like, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go fix whatever it is we just broke. Mm-hmm. And then this leads us into the two-part finale. Yep. Any final thoughts about The Haunting? I am happier <laughs> with these two last episodes. I, I feel like I'm, I feel like it's heading somewhere. I feel like all of them. I feel like things are going to tie a little bit. Last time we talked, I was not a happy camper. I'm feeling better now. A little disappointed that there sort of haven't been big episodes. Like, in other words, I'm thinking about rewatchability. Like, what episode from this series so far? Because there's two left. Uh, would I like, oh, we're going to watch this one again. So other than Spyfall, which mm. should be interesting. I mean, we've seen it like twice already. Yep. But, but they're not a I would lot. Watch, I would rewatch these last two. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, again, I'm trying to think, like, the big ones, like, Demons of Punjab and Rosa. Oh, yeah, Rosa. yeah. No, I mean, there, there's not, like, th- that level from this series. Other than Spyfall, again, other than, which maybe those are the two, because that counts as two episodes. But, you know, that's sort of the first two. I hate for there to be nothing after that. Yeah. But anyway. Let's see how they finish it. Sure. But anyway, well, with that, let's go into the TARDIS library. Whoosh, whoosh. When you close your eyes. I go to the library. Go to the library now. We're going to be talking about the big finish production with the Eighth Doctor of Living Legend. It premiered 13 November 2003, and can you read the brief synopsis? <laughs> the world faces imminent destruction when Italy wins the World Cup. Can the fabled Time Lady... Charlie O. Ostentatious. Okay. <laughs> okay. Charlie O. Ostentatious. Save humanity from the dreaded Threlop Empire... Or will her idiot assistant, the Doctor, ruin everything? Now, this was a sort of a special big finish production. It was actually, I think, a CD uh, that came with some issues of uh, Doctor Who magazine, or monthly, um, in 2003. And so it's just a shorty. Um, but what did you think of the Doctor and Charlie on a random adventure? Yeah, I thought it was fun. It was cute. It was little. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we were meant to picture them, or picture her at least, in her Time Lord Yes. Outfit. Which I did at times. Mm-hmm. Without Pun intended. actually knowing what she looks like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what India Fisher is. But yeah, so this is with the Doctor and Charlie at the World Cup and uh, Charlie learning what the World Cup is and learning what Italians do, I guess, when they go crazy. We have the, the Threlop Empire. I don't know the two guys, you know, General or Colonel or Captain What's-His-Face. Right, and, yeah. And his assistant, blah, blah, blah. Yep, that was what his name was. Now, what was... I'm not familiar with it. Great Expectations, is there actually a parallel to that? I don't know. I missed that a little bit. I'd have to think about it. So, of, of feeding one man's ego and another man's, I don't know, whatever the opposite of ego is, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Morality? Well, you know, his, you know, having the assistant that after his years of servitude, he doesn't get any mention. Yeah, isn't remembered. Right. I mean, I really like it. Was, it was it was funny. Oh, okay, yes. Okay, it would be. It sorry, I'm guessing it would be the comparison of Pip and Estelle. I think who is Miss um, Havisham's ward, and she. I think it's been a long time, folks. All I can picture is Ethan Hawke and Gwyneth Paltrow. Even though I've never seen the movie, I just know that's. Okay. Yes. Yep. And you know, Estelle was raised higher than her standing, really, and mm. and Pip was not, and then Pip ends up 
having the money at the end and from the convict. And like I say, it's been a long time, but mm -hmm. these are the things that I vaguely remember. Sure. Um, well, but yeah, as they were, it was, I think the, uh, the voice synthesizer for the two alien, well, of course they're all aliens, aren't they? Even the doctor. But anyway, for the two bad guys, it was a little throwing me off. I mean, whatever it's, it's a comedy. Enjoy it. So, um, but yeah, just stroking the, the captain's ego or whatever he was as he, as he is in charge, but doesn't actually know how to do anything. And then his poor lowly tech who's been with him and then the, the doctor or wait, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie convinces him that uh, mm -hmm. in the memoirs that he's never mentioned at all, except which is soon very Caesary, um, except as you know, something then gets thrown over and it was funny and ha ha ha. Yeah. And so. Yeah, it was cute. He gets the other one drunk because uh, he says that the plague on the planet is basically the Italians going crazy. The, oh yeah, the, and th that's the antidote. He's got to drink one. that. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> and, you know, the plague. Uh, you'll, you'll and so see. then when he starts stumbling, he thinks he yeah has the plague. Yep, all those and things. Drinks more wine. Yep. Yeah, and then he's drunk. The other guy's angry. Beats him over the head. They all go in the portal. Though it is at the end was really I thought non doctory. And the like, doctor's like, all right, all done. Let's go have fun. Charles like, what about the big portal? Eh, what are you gonna do? Like, I think we should really dismantle the portal. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> we did get uh, which we've listened to though it's been a while and i remember it being slightly annoying but the other part of this uh big finished production is sort of as you know because it's such a shorty um they go into the background of the making of zathreus um which lot of some interviews with all the classic who people that participated and i guess this was a 40th anniversary so mm. before of course Doctor Who returned to TV, so it was interesting to sort of hear them that it was only existed on Big Finish as the only ones who could celebrate um, Doctor Who. Yeah, and I thought that was quite cool and bringing bringing everybody back, but having them play all the other characters and because that is one thing I remember. I, it's sort of very trippy as I remember Zathreus because it's Charlie through Wonderland basically because they mm. used the Alice in Wonderland um, metaphor. That's not the word, but anyway. Um, but, you know, encountering Colin Baker as a vampire and Sylvester McCoy as this uh, toy maker or whatever, who I think is a robot or any, I don't know. And then it's it's very weird and interesting. Mm. So, sort of know. Alice in Wonderland meets Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but it lets, lets you all... were there and you <laughs> were there. Let's all the act. And remember uh, the Brigadier, which I, I think that's the secret they're trying to keep there. Uh, Nicholas Briggs is the Brigadier, who's sort of the assistant to Charlie guiding her through, but it turns out, I guess, to be the bad guy or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten. It's been a long time since yeah. we've listened to it. Yeah. But I enjoyed the interviews. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. So it was an interesting one to, uh, to, I forget if I paid for it or not. But anyway, it's on Big Finish. Did you steal <laughs> it? <laughs> well, I don't know if it was free or not. But if, if it wasn't, it was, well, obviously it wasn't that much. So it's something to check out. Yep. Definitely. So, all right. Well, guess what we're talking about next week, darling? The finale. Well, part one of the part two finale with yeah. Ascension of the Cybermen. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. So we get more Cybermen. <laughs> and uh, we'll go from there and hopefully our companions make it to the end. We'll see. We'll see. Do we get... Well, then the... I mean, spoiler. The last episode, I believe, is called The Timeless Children. So we're going to learn about... Theoretically... Theoretically, Gonna don't learn get about your hopes this whole up. Gallifrey storyline, which really hasn't been much of an arc. No, nope. I mean we got the flashback 
in as much as it was and can you hear me with the doctor mm. but i mean that's just like yeah we're, we, we we remember there's an arc too um but beyond that well thanks as always to wally and the sauronauts for providing us with their jazz doctor who theme tune and until next week enjoy the doctor's many adventures throughout time, time and space, space. This is BBC Television.